Manimal here. It is Tuesday, December 4th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to talk about all the league news going on. We've got some Rangers news and notes that we're going to talk about, and today, with 15 shows left in the year, we're going to start our top 15 moments of the Texas Rangers season countdown. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YDK Kevin Frazier. And before we move on, it would behoove me not to let you know that your Texas Rangers are the 2023 World Series champions. It never gets old. We'll probably say it for the rest of our careers on this podcast. If you want to check out Texas Rangers with the boys on social media, you can find us at TX Rangers WTV. Don't forget to check out the website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Hey, and joining me, my co-host with the most, haven't said in a while, but if you didn't know, his beard covers the entire north part of the Metroplex. The 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull, how you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on socials? How's that beard? Yes, I'll, I'll be uh, sheltering the city of Denton <laughs> later tonight with my beard. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing good, buddy. We're uh, you know, we're getting through it over here. Uh, also, real quick, uh, when I mention my socials here, you know, it's Manimal Bull on in, uh, Twitter, Manimal 300 on Instagram, and both TikTok and Facebook, it's Bull Pro. Uh, I would be remiss to say that this morning, I was not uh, crying on my social media. Uh, the my allergies had been acting up, and my uh, uh, my eyes had been running. I've been watering all morning, so it was uh, it was more a, an allergy thing than a, than a than a sad thing. I didn't notice that. I di- I didn't know what quite to make of it, um, but I you know I. I wanted to respect your privacy. Well, uh, yeah, no, it, it, I think it was ragweed and not uh, like, but I don't know what, I don't know exactly what it is, but I've been having kind of a, a uh, scratchy feeling in my throat and my nose and making my eyes water and my nose run. So um, I think it's more allergies than anything else. Also my head, like I feel like I, like all I do is scratch my head whenever it gets uh, whenever it starts warming back up during the winter, I hate the the this fall. All the leaves are falling type time. I've got such bad allergies at this time of the year. So, but uh, other than the allergy thing, we're we're making it pretty good. Uh, you know, but uh, tonight we've got fifteen shows left in mm. in the year, and mm. we're going to start a new segment. We're going to count down the top 15 moments in the Texas Rangers season this year. And uh, we'll finish that up right before New Year with number one. As you can tell, lots of fun stuff happening with show this time of year. It's funny because, like, I feel like we're having just as much fun right now. Okay, let's, let me, let me pump the brakes. Not like we're as having much a fun lot as, of like, fun. winning the. Uh, ALCS in the World Series. I would say we're having just as much fun as maybe we were having during the dog days. 
uh, or, you know, maybe during that little stretch where uh, we were, we were kind of biting our nails a little bit um, where Mitch Garver was the only guy hitting on the team, but, <laughs> but we are having a lot of fun this off season. Last year, we were kind of figuring out what the heck to even do with ourselves. Now we're like, gosh, we got so much to do. Um, so really cool. And uh, really excited about these 15 moments over the next 15. And we'll tell you a little bit more later about what we're excited with our exclusive content, but Let's get into the top story of the day. The, I don't know what you call it, the deconstruction of the Seattle Mariners just out of nowhere um, starts happening. And they send Jerry Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White to Atlanta for Jackson Cower and Cole Phillips. Obviously, most of our casual listeners, including myself, only know the name Jared Kelnick and really only know the message this is sending for the Seattle Mariners right now. Well, well, first off, Evan White was a guy that we talked about last night on the show when we were talking about uh, Jackson uh, Churio Churio, uh, and his big contract because Evan White was one of those guys that signed one of those, hadn't played a day in the big leagues contracts. Mm. And uh, it kind of backfired on Seattle up there. Marco Gonzalez, he was a uh, uh, he's the left-handed, crafty pitcher that they've had for several, several years now. And uh, Jared Kelnick, left fielder, obviously that's the big piece of the trade for the uh, Atlanta Braves. And the rest was taking on salary uh, in order to make it work for Seattle. I would imagine the uh, Braves will turn around and trade Marco Gonzalez. Uh, I don't imagine they have any plans for him in their rotation or in their bullpen, but he does have value in the big leagues because he gets outs and he uh, uh, stays consistent and he stays healthy. So, um, so I can see him moving on, moving back uh, uh, somewhere else besides Atlanta, um, Jackson Cower and, and Cole Phillips, and good right-handed pitchers that, uh, you know, if they pan out, it could be okay for Seattle. But, uh, you know, it almost feels like they were taking on very little to, to get rid of some some salary. Yeah, this was a salary dump, which just, I mean, maybe they're trimming the fat a little bit and you can't blame them for that. But, you know, just, what, two off-seasons ago, um, they were – kind of in a similar position as the Rangers where they were like, Hey, we like our, our young players in our farm system. You know, a lot of talk about that really potent Seattle farm system. And we're going to sign some big name free agents and we're going to go, and we're going to compete. And they did for a couple of years, but I think what happened with the Rangers might have a little something to do with this, because if you're the Seattle brass and you're like, Hey, this was supposed to be us. Like that was supposed to be us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's very true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that if I'm a Seattle fan, I'm like, how in the world do we have, do we do have exactly the same formula, and then these guys come and literally take it right out from under us? Um, and I'll well, tell you, I, I think the Rangers signed better players on yep. the free agent market, and they went more high end, and that was the bigger difference in between the two. Um, I, I think Seattle. Uh, now, don't count Seattle out. They may be right. looking to make some sort of deal with Tampa Bay to to get maybe a Rosarino or Isaac Paredes or or uh, you know someone like that to fill some of their void. 
they may be loading in to try and you know, or cutting that salary to try and put together a piece to to get uh, Shohei Otani. Um, they could be, um, you know, on on the verge of a trade with one for Juan Soto with the Padres. I don't know what their plans are. Um, the more and more it, it, as today went or yesterday went on, maybe those uh, other two don't seem so realistic right at the moment, but. But uh, you know, you just never know what's going on. But I think they're they're more than one good bat or one good piece away from being a, a winner, a, a competitive winner right now. And that's a that's a real disappointment considering where they were just two years ago. Yeah, I I think that's kind of the more the bigger the bigger story. They're gonna, I mean, they're gonna be getting Robbie Ray back this year. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have Logan Gilbert and. And, and all the guys that they've already got that, you know, in that starting rotation and, and, you know, Brian Wu's going to have another full season underneath his belt. And it's just, it's just a weird place that they're, they're kind of in right now. Yeah. Cause you've got to think if they're going to make a play for some of those big name free agents, they're not going to want to see them salary dumping. Um, you do this stuff after you sign them, <laughs> then you don't, <laughs> You don't start dumping salary and then dumping good players and shopping your top prospects um, and, and trying. That's not the same way to woo free agents. But the but Seattle Sounders on that other end, uh-huh. on that other end, it really shores up what the Braves were looking to do and, mm. and puts another piece in their puzzle. And, and, and who knows, probably the Braves will be able to get a guy like Evan White right and he'll just start mashing over there. Right. I mean, I think with the Braves, it 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 just is them going on trying to make a value move for for, hey, we're going to spend a little bit to get some some young value here and and help elongate our window uh, of of being competitive. So I like it. Um, Brewers make a move and sign Wade Miley and Joe Ross. Well, it's a re-sign on Wade Miley and then uh, Joe Ross. Uh, if you remember a couple of years ago, his brother Tyson Ross uh, pitched for the Rangers after coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, not well. I mean, there was that year that the Rangers kind of broke things down. I want to say like 17, so it's been a while now. But anyways, uh, Joe Ross still pitching in the big leagues still. Yeah, I mean, he's adequate enough. The Brewers are signing, you know back end of the rotation type pitching right now because they're they're they know they're gonna need some pitching a with Woodruff already being gone and with the plans of probably losing Corbin Burns as well at some point this offseason to a trade. Uh you gotta have somebody to eat those innings and uh Wade Miley and Joe Ross both veteran guys that can that can uh that can eat some innings and and, and give you quality starts and quality outings. Um, maybe not the top of the rotation type guys that the Rangers are probably looking at right now, but at the same time, you know, still guys that, that offer a little something at the big league level. Yeah. You know, I think of like the ultimate, uh, like innings eater veteran guys, that guy that pitched, uh, we got to see him last year for, uh, for Pittsburgh, but I think it's maybe Rich Hill. Guy with yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Like forty-five years old, old Dick Mountain. we were like in high school. Yeah, like, yeah, he was. He was in the. He, well, he's like you know our age. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like 
And so he's like old as hell. Like he's in, still in the big leagues, old Dick Mountain. But uh, you know, he's he's uh he's one of those guys. And you know, Wade Miley will probably be a dude that hangs around for a lot of years because um, he, you know, he he stays healthy, he gets outs. Uh, Joe Ross, on the other hand, you know, the, it's a one year cheapie. Right, right. You, you can. You, there, the Brewers are not. Um holding their cards close to their vest right now. They're there. We, we can, we can see exactly what you can see the rebuild begin. Look, Joe Ross and Wade Miley are the type of guys that you go out and sign because uh, Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson are already off the market. (laughs) Uh, You took the words out of my mouth. Well, Hey, let's, uh, we don't want to revisit those days. Let's shift gears for sure. Yeah, a couple of coaching moves, and and I would say both of them justified. Uh, Phillies extend Rob Thompson, and Tigers uh, extend AJ Hinch. I, you know, I, I part of me wants to believe that the Tigers and AJ Hinch are gonna, you know, maybe get it together. And then there's the other part of me that's like, as good as AJ Hinch is as a manager, you got to have an organization behind you, uh, going out and doing what it takes. So it's really going to boil down to not just how good of a coach Hinch is, but what kind of commitment are the Tigers willing to make to going forward as a winning organization. We know the Phillies will literally destroy the market to make sure they can keep their guys. Their side well, they're, yeah, and they're, they're stuck with some bad contracts. Javier Baez is a bad contract. And, uh, uh, you know, they just got out from underneath Miggy this year. So... Detroit has a chance to get themselves right a little bit. They've already made a couple of moves. AJ Hinch is one of those guys that I mean, he's he's a good manager. You want you want a guy like him? I mean, you know, he he took the brunt of that Astros cheating scandal or whatever, and and you know, I mean, landed right back on his feet as soon as his suspension was up, and and now you know the Tigers are going to extend him, and they're going to try and. You know they're going to try and give him outlets to win, and and we'll just see how it happens because you you've seen how easy, how easily that it can it can shift in that AL Central whenever most of the good teams hover around five hundred. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Um, I I definitely I'm not I'm not counting him out for sure uh, because and, I think baseball, the Minnesota Twins, it feels like are a great team that shows year after year that you don't have to be big spenders. Same with the, the Brewers. You don't the Indians and... Right. To be a good, to be a good uh, organization and be competitive. Um, you can do it. You can do it uh, as a mid-market squad. So one more cool story. And, oh, real, real quick. I was going to say, and Rob, and Rob Thompson, mm-hmm. I mean, you win, you, you win with the Phillies. They're going to keep you around. And, uh, you know, he's taken them to a couple of NLCSs in a row and a World Series in that mix. And so you get extended and, and Phillies, you know, when you're when they love you when you win up there. So, uh, you, you know, if if you're Rob Thompson, take advantage of that, because, I mean, j- as quick as you're a hero up there, you can be a villain just as quick. Oh, you'll turn from hero to zero in a heartbeat. Uh, in that amazingly wonderful uh, atmosphere out there in uh, Philadelphia, really just the Northeast in general. So another cool story here, and I, this one probably caught my eye the most when I was scrolling through the news today. 
But Mookie Betts, to be a primarily a second baseman for the Dodgers, I think he's a cool move for Mookie. Um, honestly, I think it's actually, you know, I don't know what his long-term plans might end up being, but I think it's a great career move for him too. I mean, it, it, it does something for his legacy. Um, this doesn't happen very often with veteran guys, but also, you know, you're talking about staying healthy. I think the outfield is a, one of the more volatile places in baseball where diving dives and running into walls and stuff can put you in an injury situation. I think this is good for Mookie. Uh, second base is kind of a safe position uh, in the infield. I think it's a great spot for him. And, and it's also a cool, uh, just shows what kind of player he is. And I think it kind of solidifies his legacy as just one of the best players we've seen uh, in this era. Yeah. Mo- uh, Dave Roberts came out today, said that um, Mookie Betts is going to be their primary second baseman. And, and I don't blame him, you know, outfielders, it's a lot easier to find, Mm. Uh, top-rated outfielders than it is to find top-rated second baseman. I mean, we've seen that for years with everybody. Te- I mean, Texas Rangers have been pretty lucky to have really quality second basemen in like Kinsler and uh, Michael Young and now Marcus Simeon and and guys that can that play that position and play that position well. And uh, you know, Mark McLemore is another guy that they had that you know. I mean, while he's not a uh, a superstar. He was a quality second baseman that hit and got on base and and played really good defense. And you know, so to, we've we've kind of as Ranger fans seen pretty quality second baseman. And then you've also seen you know Andy Ibanez and 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 some of those guys that have played second base there. Uh, who was that one guy, Derek Dietrich? Remember when he was playing second base whenever. Uh, uh, like in during the 2020 season, man, it was, it was rough. It hit the tanning bed before he hit the batting cages. There is no doubt, dude. That dude says bro after every word, like not even like sentence, it's like after every word. There's no, yeah, <laughs> there's no bro, doubt, but anyway, bro, insert next word, bro, bro, yeah. And and I, <laughs> but Mookie Betts, man, he, I mean, he's a great right fielder. There's a lot of you know, I, he's getting a little older, so. And, you know, lost a step or two speed-wise, but I, I don't see why him at second base isn't going to be a good decision for all involved. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers are always looking to try and add outfield, and I've seen where they're on the on the trout bus and trying to get that, you know, different moves made to have, uh, you know, more outfield depth, and, and that allows them to move Mookie Betts onto the infield. Yeah, just absolutely love this kind of stuff, man. Like, these are the kind of, like, stories. Like, these are the kind of players. Again, I guess I've gushed enough over Mookie Betts, but this is why. It's because you can move this guy to second base. You know, it's like, just what an amazing athlete. Like, we, you know, we've all probably on this show who either both of us, like, you know, host but, or guys that, you know, that listen or, or girls. Like, we've probably all played some baseball. And, look, man, there – Playing outfield and playing infield is like usually two different kinds of people. And so like for him to be able to do that this time of his career is just just absolutely amazing. And I just can't I just wonder like what's the over under on Mookie Betts getting the gold glove at face now? Like I, I bet I bet if anybody can do it, he can. So anyway. But yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it for 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 Mookie. He's a he's a great player. And, uh, you know, that right side of the infield now is as, jack- as stacked as it gets um, over there for the Ooh. Dodgers with him and Freeman. 
Well, hey, before we move on to some Rangers talk, um, why don't we, we – we, these are around the league right now. And, again, I know, like, we don't, we don't go heavy into the around the league stuff during the season because most of it's not relevant to the Rangers, but well, we also have cut scores and, and stuff to talk about during the season that the Rangers are playing. And, and, you know, I mean, right now we've, we're, we've only got a couple of little Ranger tidbits here and there. And a lot of it's going to be opinion pieces on the Rangers uh, segments, you know? Well, so why don't you go ahead and tell them a little bit about what happened, what went down on December 1st and then what we have to look forward to from Death Breath and Matt War Pro in January. Well, if you've been listening to the show, then you know on December 1st, the Matt Classic happened at Martin House, or the Winter Classic happened at Martin House Brewing Company uh, for Matt War Pro. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting, interesting night. Uh, it was very, uh, I, the feel was very 80s style war games type uh tag matches you know like quick or crockett cup type tag matches where you're trying to you know get things going and and move quickly through the show and uh, a whole bunch of fun um the end of the world party came out on top Uh, i won't ruin it for anybody but they did they did win that thing and uh um, that moves us on to January 26th, and January 26th, we'll be back at the Southside Preservation Hall on Friday night, January 26th. You know, if we're back at the Southside Preservation Hall, that means that uh, uh, all of our sponsors will be out there. It means Kelly's Onion Burger will be back. Big Dog's Hot Dogs will be there. Starry's Ice Cream will be there. I saw everybody had their Starry's Ice Cream on Friday night that I had uh, walked past. It's probably the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. But anyways, um, that's not what we're, but that is what we're talking about. Starry's <laughs> ice cream, delicious. Kelly's onion burgers, delicious. Big dogs, hot dogs, delicious. Matt Warfro. I want to, I want to say, is it, was it right? Like seek and destroy last year. Was that, um, yeah, do you remember that? Like it's yeah. going to be number two. It's going to be like that title number two, but I can't remember what the January, as soon as it'll drop, it'll drop out here in the next couple of days. But uh, Franco D'Angelo versus Brent McKenzie for the Trinity River Heritage title right now is uh, the main event. And we'll see what else comes about because I have a feeling that, uh, that Brick and Dambo, they're going to have to put them in the ring together. Well, I mean, and by all means, why wouldn't you? Um, I'm going to go ahead and get you prepped for part two of the ultraviolet dreamers because it took you about a month just to get the name right. Uh, so just get ready for part two of that. But this will be probably, I think it was Beacon Destroyer or something like that. So uh, a lot of fun. And it, you said it's at the Southside Preservation Hall this Southside time. Southside Preservation Woo! Hall. The uh, idea that. is to is to run a couple of more times there this year and make sure that we're completely grown out of that building before we decide to move on because it's such a such a nice place in uh on the that south side of Fort Worth down there and uh, uh old building that you know I mean it's just kind of an interesting interesting fun building and I love the setup and and it's very intimate so if you're coming out uh expect to be right on top of the wrestlers well, I'll tell you this, um, my favorite venue, because it's right down the road from the in-laws, you know, quick access, love the place, love the venue. Let's talk about some Texas Rangers news. Let's do it. So we've got, um, 
Rangers VP of Baseball Communication, Rich Rice, wins the Robert O. Fischel Award for Public Relations Excellence. That was a mouthful, but what it really means is is the Rangers did some great did a great job in their public relations this year, and um, they got an award for it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it means is they they did a great job within their communications. Their public re- re- relations were fantastic. The uh, uh, Rich Rice has been with the organization forever. I want to say since like I, we were in high school. Um, mm-hmm. So very, very well deserved award for for Rich. He does a great job every year. The Rangers have always done a good job of of public relations and they've always done a good job with their their uh their promoting of the team and and giveaways and all of that fun stuff and uh you know this year it was really you could tell not only from what they were doing in the ballpark to the product they were putting on the field that that rich has continued to do a really good job so congratulations rich rice uh uh very well done for you and uh um i'm glad to see another another piece of hardware coming home to the Texas Rangers. Absolutely. And let's talk about this next story. So one of our guys, uh, one of our top names in the Rangers organization, Grant Wolfram, uh, two words, but well, spoken as two words, all one word, but spoken as two words. It's not Grant Wolfram. No, it's Wolfram. Ram. Wolf and Ram. Uh, and, um, Grant Wolf Ram and Justin Slayton getting some traction ahead of the Rule Five draft. I was worried about this. Uh, now it seems like my worries are coming to fruition. Yeah, you know, um, there's, there's been concern over Dane Acker a little bit. There's been some concern over maybe uh, um, Blaine Krim and Davis Winzel. But those guys' names are kind of starting to disappear, and the names that are starting to pop up are Justin Slayton, Grant Wolfram, uh, Bubba Hoopy, Tuiana Toa. Those are kind of the guys that are popping up now um, that are Rule Five eligible, that are maybe gaining a little attract, a little traction um, between you know guys like Callis and Bowden, and uh, uh, or as I like to call them, the Gems. Mm-hmm. But they're, uh, you know, those are guys that have been on those guys' radars. Um, Bubba's fall league, uh, Justin Slayton making it to AAA and continuing to really improve out of the bullpen all season. And then Wolfram with, with the uh, um, the makeup, right? I mean, he's a six foot seven, 230 pound uh, lefty that's got a good fastball. Um, now he's just got to learn how to get outs at the next level. He had a really nice season at Frisco when he got moved to, uh, the Pacific coast, he got beat up a little bit, moved back to Frisco, got his bearings back about him. So, you know, I mean, I can see why he is, um, an interesting piece just based on, you know, the makeup that he that he provides and brings to the table. And I mean, he's got good stuff. And, and when you, you're talking about guys coming out of the bullpen that are lefties that have overpowering fastballs, you like that. Yeah. He's a beast of a man. Uh, Wolfram is, 
I and think that Slayton probably is the most likely of all the Rangers players to be rule five. I wouldn't be shocked either if either Blaine, Blaine Krim or Davis Wenzel was selected at some point too. Whew. Yeah, that's what you get for having a wealth of uh, a wealth of talent. And that and the rule <laughs> five is Wednesday. So tomorrow afternoon they'll do the rule five. Um, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Did they already do? I didn't check and see if they did the draft lottery today. Did you? Did I, you I, see I, that, or is that tomorrow? I did. Or is that this afternoon? But, but man, this thing's going to be heating up for the Rangers because Wenzel and Krim can both hit. I think those are both yeah. guys. Hey, you need a bat? Uh, here you go. Take one. Like, put him on your forty man. They're gonna hit. So, absolutely I'm, though. That's that's the one thing that they've got. Good problem to have for the Rangers. <laughs> you know, this, you're so deep that 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 you're getting plucked from your rule on the rule five. So, I think it's just part of having good scouting. Don't you think? Well, it's part of having a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of depth, too. I mean, you know, Davis Wenzel is a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a former first-round draft pick. Also, we'll have uh, results of both the uh, Rule 5 draft and the draft lottery. I mean, no matter what happens, the Rangers are going to pick 30th next year. But uh, we'll have results from that Rule 5 and the draft lottery on Thursday, uh, unless something crazy happens tomorrow or today or t- tonight after the today after the show or tomorrow during the day before we get to it. Love it. Love it. Hey, one more quick, uh, I say quick, uh, but another loaded question here, another loaded subject for the Rangers. But uh, CY says, pri- that, I love this statement, price tag isn't an issue with Otani. It's is he worth the record-setting contract he's going to get? I gotta, I'm gonna jump right in. I gotta say it. This, this is what I love about CY because I agree. Like I could not agree like one thousand percent more. And and I can't tell you what I think. I don't know. I I do know it's a question I have though. I like that's my big question with Otani. It's like, is he worth the six hundred million dollars that he's asking for? Um, there's a huge part of me that says, heck yeah, you're getting like a once in a, a, a literally history. Like, no, there's never been an Otani before. So heck yeah, he's a media darling. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, like, a, a, I mean, there's just so much to like, but on the flip side of it, um, health might be a bit of a concern for him. Are you going to overpay for the two way? And maybe he doesn't ever you know, come back fully as a pitcher. So you end up with this big contract. Um, I, 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 I just tend to honestly lean more towards like it, the, the, I like the conservative approach, but he's worth it to me. I think he's worth the money. I, if the money's not an issue, he's worth the money because he's going to bring every bit of media attention that you could possibly ask for. He's going to put butts in the seats uh, he's going to put you in the record books because they're going to be watching for all kinds of record stuff that he's going to do all the time. So, I mean, there's a huge upside to signing him. It's just if you want to drop money, because this is going to be a lot of money. This guy. Well, yeah, that's the first, first and foremost, the most important thing with, um, with this contract is the uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? Because you're talking about, first of all, 
the first year of that contract is going to be half of what you're expecting from the player at certain points in the contract. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's like we talk about all the time um, where, where is Otani going to be in 2025? Is he going to be on the Hill every fifth or sixth day or is Otani going to be, just, or is he prepping to learn how to play or not learn how to play, but go back to playing right field and becoming a corner outfielder in 2025 after, uh, you know, arm, uh, arm problems are, are healthy. Now the second Tommy John doesn't mean anything as far as a guy being coming back and, and being successful. He's still under 30. Um, so there's a lot of things to like about Otani. I mean, definitely, Definitely a stick, right? I mean, that's like the best. It's probably top 10 left-handed hitter of all time already. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's there's risk to it. But as far as whether he's worth it, mm-hmm. and I mean, I feel like he's worth it. Mm-hmm. But like baseball sense says, you know, $600 million is a lot of money. And I feel like $600 million is so much money that, like, if you put it in gold coins in a vault, you could swim through it like Scrooge McDuck. I, like, that's how, like, I feel like that's that kind of money. Like, that's, that's like, get down in your swim trunks and swim through your money kind of money. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it's, it's a big risk, but, you know, I mean, if you take that risk and it all pans out the way that you want and you've got Shohei Otani pitching in your rotation with DeGrom and Eovaldi and you know I mean even Dunning and you know maybe even Jack Leiter or Owen White or something like that Cody Bradford in the back half of that thing you know how many starters you're going to need I I wouldn't hate it either way I mean, I'm not going to be mad if the Rangers don't sign Otani, but I'm definitely not going to be mad if they do. Yeah, and there's one thing we do know, that we can win a World Series without him, but it's kind of like, you know, I, it's funny because I, I hadn't thought about it like this like just, just recently, but it's like winning a World Series is one thing, but like getting a Babe Ruth-type character that could change the public image for your team and for your organization for possibly years to come is, is as big, if not bigger. Cause I feel like, think about it like this bull, like, okay, world series, that's your first piece. But is the second piece getting like the iconic hair, you know, like that iconic generational, more than generational, like legendary type character. And he comes in and does legendary type things and takes your franchise from just a team that, you know, went out and got one uh, because they really needed it, say the Mavericks, or take you to that next level. And it's like you become like a market, like a cornerstone of a market, a cornerstone of baseball, you know, kind of of this era of baseball. I got to say, I got to say either way, I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I definitely don't hate that World Series banner that's going to be placed in the rafters. Um, when the when the season starts, I definitely don't hate the idea of bringing in an iconic character like Otani, and uh, you know I I 
and I don't mind going into the season without him as well. I mean, I know that the Rangers have, uh, you know, that good core that we were talking about yesterday. And, you know, I like, I like what they bring to the table. No, I, I agree. And, and, and with or without Otani and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a Rangers fan. So of course I'm going to, I mean, you, you may, I may be unbearable for a little while if Otani signs with the Rangers, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm going to be unbearable all winter anyways, because we're world champions. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're both, we both reserve the right to be unbearable uh, because we paid our dues to, <laughs> to, um, to be you know, to be Rangers uh, proud. So, Hey, um, real quick, let me tell you guys about what's going on on our exclusive content. Made mention of it a little bit earlier here on the uh, the main show. We've been doing, we're going to be doing that top fifteen moments of the year down on the farm with the boys. Our exclusive content where we cover all things Rangers minor league. Uh, we've been doing deep dives uh, through A ball, high A, low A, double A, triple A. Next time we're going to hit that Dominican Summer League and the Arizona Complex League. But get ready because Short a. yes, for Christmas time, we're gonna have our uh, what we I guess you could call it our 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 infamous uh, top forty prospects list, and we're gonna release it as we've done the last few times in two different episodes. The first one will be the next twenty, and then the next episode right for Christmas time will be our top twenty, and you'll get to know who our top twenty prospects are in this organization. But even more fun than then that is learning about those players that, you know, you don't necessarily know about and getting to know more about those guys. And, and so we're pretty pumped about it. And so it's $1.99 a month. Go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Subscribe. Again, two bucks. And make us your one-stop shop for all things Rangers organization-wide. So well, we've seen that big uptick in the, in the Texas Rangers with the boys uh, down on the farm page. So. You know, jump on with all those people that are that are getting their uh, getting their news on the on the farm systems. Short A, short A this uh, week. We're going to talk about the complex. We're going to talk about the Dominican summer. Three teams, but we're going to cover them all this week because a lot of these guys are 16 years old or well, you know, 18, 19 years old. So, um, you know, they're a long ways off. But as they continue, but there's also some. Some really pe- some really good pieces that we want to talk about from there, uh, like Sebastian Walcott, um, which he'll be in that uh, Christmas Eve edition of the top forty for sure. Absolutely, yes, yes. So again, I you, mean, you ready? I'm pumped. Let's do this. Uh, let's do this top top moments of the year for the Texas Rangers. Top fifteen moments. Let's unveil, unleash. Number 15, are you ready for this? Number 15, mm-hmm. June 28th, Rangers pitcher Dane Dunning mm. goes eight and two-thirds innings. He throws 10 strikeouts, gives up a couple of runs in a 10-2 to win over the Detroit Tigers. Um, the Dane Dunning almost threw the old complete game shutout on less than a hundred pitches. Mm. I think they call that a Maddox, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but uh, but Dunning ended up throwing a hundred pitches. 
He ran into a little bit of trouble in the ninth inning, gave up a couple of runs. The Maddox was all for naught. Um, yeah, Yeri Rodriguez came in and got the uh, the last out there. But Dane Dunning was the pitcher of the year for the Texas Rangers. We had to make sure and have him on a couple of times in, in situations. This is his first situation. The 10 strikeout, zero walk, eight and two-thirds uh, start from July. I'm sorry, June 28th. Also, real quick, that was a 10-2 final for the Rangers where they beat up on the Tigers. And uh, um, Young and Garcia both. Young, Garcia, and Duran all hit home runs that night. And uh, like I said, the Rangers win to 10, 10 to 2. But number 15 on the list, that Dane Dunning flirting with the Maddox. Man, what an exciting, like, I don't know, man. Like, Dane Dunning kind of was the unsung hero uh, of this of this season, I would have to say. And, you know, he he's he's going to have another moment on this list at some point, I know. But it was kind of like this was the moment where I think maybe we had all known he had now become a, a pivotal part of the team and a pivotal part of, of really just this team having to win this year. But this is like big boy. This is like big boy start. This isn't no five innings, you know, 75, 80 pitches. Now we're going to bail you out with the bullpen. I mean, this is like deep water. You know, I, I don't know. I think Dane Dunning here added more in this start, probably added more to his value long-term because not only what it shows the Rangers that he can do, but it shows the rest of Major League Baseball that, hey, this is a true starting pitcher that can go out there and be a quality part of, of any rotation. Um, and I would say he could fit into pretty much, uh, I would say any rotation at this level, but, but, Given the team, he could be your number three to number five starter uh, pretty much in any rotation in the league, depending on what team we're talking about. Well, and we and, you know, Dane, he's been so good and the Rangers are still looking for ways to 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 make the upgrade their rotation to where he's not in it. You know, I mean, like uh, as as crazy as that sounds and as good as he was this year, I mean, his, his cut fastball was as good a pitch this year as any pitch in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it sure was. I mean, he was getting, he got quality players out with that pitch. And, and again, it was kind of like also one of those pitches where you could tell that when it came to a certain point in the count where they kind of knew that he could lean on that thing. Uh, they didn't want to see that pitch coming either because they just were dreading, uh, dreading it because he had such good location with it. And there were certain guys, and I don't have the names off the top of my head, but he just kind of owns some of the guys with that with that very pitch. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, uh, you know, for a guy that probably could muster up 89 if you absolutely needed him to, he's, uh, he's been really fantastic for the Rangers. Um, it really, the last couple of years, um, we had talked about it before we even started doing the podcast, and you know that I was a fan of Dane Dunning, and mm. you know, I needed to see him get healthy and do it. And this year he was healthy and he did it. And, you know, I mean, I, I really enjoyed what Dane brought to the table this year. And, and you know, I mean, if they go to if they go into the season with him in the rotation, you, you know he's going to be a gamer every time out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Dane Dunning makes our first uh, top 15 moments of the year. 
with that eight inning gym uh, that he had on June 28th, right? Am I correct? Okay. Yes, June 28th. So, so as you can see, we're picking moments um, for, from this and, and a lot of fun, excited. Hey, give us your top moments of the for the Rangers if you got any. So uh, make a comment on one of our Facebook posts or make a comment on X or uh, put a comment in here in the podcast on Spotify. Let us know what your top Rangers moments were for 2023. Uh, you got anything else, buddy? No, uh, tomorrow uh, we'll be off uh, like usual on Wednesday unless something breaks with the Rangers. Um, if, a, if a big story breaks with the Rangers, you know we'll probably get on here and talk about it. Otherwise, we'll be back Thursday with uh, number 14. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep uh, gathering around the hot stove and see if it warms up for us some this week. Yeah, and I dare them to release. I dare them to try to catch us off guard tomorrow. Because it, we'll pop right here and we'll we'll get you guys straight uh, and we'll make sure that you guys get because I dare I dare them to man I dare them to make a big move tomorrow. I dare you see why. Well, could they they always do that to us, don't they? Like it happened all year long. As soon as we were like, yeah, we're gonna take off for the weekend, we're gonna take a break, and then the next like thirty next minutes. There's a ranger. <laughs> so, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in. This is been texas rangers with the boys don't forget to check us out social media tx rangers wtv don't forget to check out our website texas rangers with the boys.com all one word where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys for the 300 pound animal this is your boy kev we are texas rangers with the boys signing out